0: So, today, as Amy and Tom so brilliantly illustrated, we will be focusing on the star. As Christians, this star reminds us of the star that lit up the night sky, directing people to the newly born Savior. The star to the Christian is a symbol of hope, hope born. And for time's sake, uh, I chose not to show you the video, but every time around Christmas time, I don't know about you, but in our house, we have to watch the Charlie Brown Christmas. Because where else can I link cartoons with the scriptures and hear them proclaim Jesus and the birth of our Savior? So as I read Luke chapter 2 to you, just go ahead and I would try to do this in my most best Charlie Brown voice but it just wouldn't come across good anyway so I usually sound like I have a speech impediment when I try but anyway Luke chapter 2 at that time the Roman emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman empire this was the first census taken when this guy was governor of Syria all returned to their own ancestral towns to register for this census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took with him Mary, his fiancée, who is now obviously pregnant, which means she wasn't just looking fat. Anyway, and while, that's the Brenda version, and while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her first child, a son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were sorely afraid, Charlie Brown would say. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had seen and heard. It was just as the angel had told them. And then two years, some say it was about two years later, in Matthew chapter 2, it records that Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. And about that time, some wise men about that time being about two years later, Some wise men from the eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, Where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose, and we have come to worship him. Later, John, one of Jesus' own disciples, penned these words in John chapter 1. In verse 10, it says, Verse 14, so the Word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness, and we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. The star that we look at symbolizes for us, the Christian, hope. Hope born. Hope born in a dark time, in a dark place. It said the glory of heaven lit up the sky. And when I was doing some research on that, some scholars even believe that that's the exact moment that the scholars two years later followed. That that glory penetrated, that that light of heaven penetrated the sky in such a way and then continued to light over the manger two years later. And that's what they followed. So hope in the midst of darkness shines like a star. But why is hope so important to the Christian? If we have faith, why do we need hope? So I actually had to research. Okay, there's a distinction here because over and over again, they're they're used not interchangeably. Sometimes they are. But sometimes they're very distinct in their own reason, in their own purpose. What is hope and what is faith? Faith, hope, love. See, it's distinct. So I had to come up with a very, uh, you know me, I'm a very simple person. I like simple answers. And so for a simple explanation of the difference between hope and faith, faith concentrates on the truths about God. The nature of God. Hope looks to the promises of God. Faith tells you who God is. Hope believes in what God says. Martin Luther said without hope, faith cannot endure. On the other hand, hope without faith is blind rashness and arrogance because it lacks knowledge. Before anything else, a Christian must have the insight of faith. They must know who God is. So that the intellect may know its directions in the day of trouble and the heart may hope for better things. By faith we begin, by hope we continue. You can't have real faith in God if you don't trust what he says. See, they have to be interchangeable at times. They have to go. They have to link together. You can't say, God, I believe who you are. I believe what the Bible says about you, but I don't believe a thing you say. Or I'll just pick and choose what you say. You know, I can do the, I want the blessings, I want the inheritance, I'm a child of God, blah, 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 blah. But, oh, I've got to die to self, I've got to follow the Lord, you can't say you love me if you don't do it. I say, I don't want to listen to that word. Lord, I want to listen to this word. It can't happen. You have to have faith and hope. You have to believe in who God is, all that he is. He is just as much as he is loving. Oh, but God knows my heart. Yeah, and that should scare you to death. You can't say, you know, God, I have faith in God, but I can pick and choose what I want to believe he says. There's an exploding energy that surrounds the individual who finally links their faith with the hope of what God promises. Turn with me over to Romans chapter 4. Or just take notes, like I said. This is one of those days you wish you had the You version on your smartphone or your iPad or your whatever other thing you might have. Or those little tabs. Remember those little tabs we used to put in the side of our Bible so we could get there real fast? I could never even find the tab. Craig Rochelle and his church created you version for me. That's just what I believe. He's like, Brenda's not fast enough or smart enough to remember. You still, people say, you don't know where that is in the Bible? I said, yeah, I do. On my iPad, I go right here and alphabetical. I can look up any book faster than you can flip to it. Unless other people are drawn off the internet. Then I. Well. Anyway. Romans chapter 4. I actually had to create these little, I've told you about the go and eat popcorn or you know, the little things that, yeah, the potato chips and go eat potato. Now I'm getting hungry. Thanks Deborah. <laughs> 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 little things like In the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you know, I can memorize at least four little things. So I I got them down. But then what happened after that? Well, I think my dad taught me that they had to act before they finally roamed. So Acts goes after Matthew, Mark. Those are the four, and they acted. Then they roamed. And, well, then somehow you get to the go and eat popcorn. And then somehow somebody told me that all the teas are gathered around there in the Yeah, so the old guys are in the front of the Bible. Yeah, anyway. Uh, I don't know why I went there. But anyway, Romans chapter 4. This is telling the story of Abraham. Abraham being a prophet that was given a word of God, a promise. And we pick it up in verse 18. It says, even when there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept hoping, believing he would become the father of many nations, because that was a promise he was given. See, he didn't have any children. And God came to him and said, you know what? I'm going to make you the father of many nations. Oh, really? Shouldn't I at least have one kid? I mean, it wasn't like he was in his 20s at that time. I won't go into the um, biological details. But let's just say they were, well, it goes on here in verse 19. Let's just keep reading. I'll try to be good. For God had said to him, that's how many descendants you will have, verse 19. And Abraham's faith did not weaken, even though at about 100 years old, he figured his body was as good as dead, and so was... (laughs) wife. She's old. <laughs> oh, Lord, keep my mind holy. Anyway, pressing on, verse 20, Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. In fact, his faith grew stronger, and in this, he brought glory to God. Verse 21, he was Fully convinced that God is able to do whatever he promises. And because of Abraham's faith, God counted him as righteous. And when God counted him as righteous, it wasn't just for Abraham's benefit. It was recorded for our benefit too. Assuring us that God will also count us as righteous if we believe in him. The one who raised Jesus, our Lord, from the dead. He was handed over to die because of our sins, and he was raised to life to make us right with God. Remember, faith concentrates on the truths about God. Hope looks to the promises of God. God is faithful. God is loving. God is merciful. God is powerful. God is, God is, God is. And because I know God is, I can believe God will. And because of Abraham's faith, God counted him as righteous. God credited it to... Wow. That one just kind of hangs there, doesn't it? God marked it to his account as righteousness. Because Abraham had faith in God. He believed that God is who he says he is. And his unwavering hope that God will do what he has promised. God called him righteous. Righteousness, a rightness, a right standing with God. That's what righteousness is, a right standing with God. Comes not by what we do according to this scripture, but by what we believe. When we believe God is who he says he is, we are righteous. We're in right standing. We are standing right with God. When we believe God is who he says he is and he will do what he says he will do. We are in right standing with God. And now we can look to the future and trust that God will do all he said he will do. Hope equals confidence. Abraham was fully convinced that God is able to do whatever he promises. So let me ask you, are you fully convinced? Are you fully convinced that God will do everything he said he will do? Can you have that kind of hope? Can you be fully convinced of something you have only heard? Let me ask you. How many have jobs and you get paid every week? Are you fully convinced that you will have a paycheck at the end of the week? Duh. But you can put that kind of full confidence in a paycheck, but you can't put that kind of full confidence in God? You trust God your boss's word that that paycheck's going to be there more than you trust God's words and what he says is going to be here? When the Christian looks at this star, we should be reminded of the birth of hope. Hope in our dark world. Our Savior was born. God in the flesh came to earth to put things right again. The world looks at the star on top of the Christmas tree, and well, they look at it like this Disney theme song. Can you just hear Jiminy Cricket singing his little, When you wish upon a star, (laughs) makes no difference who you are? Hey, now that's pretty good right there. Thank you. Well, thank you. I know. (laughs) Seriously though People do They look at that star And they treat it like a wishing well I looked up the words to that song Because I'm sure we could all sing it And it says When you wish upon a star Makes no difference who you are Anything your heart desires Will come true if your heart is in your dream no request is too extreme when you wish upon a star as dreamers do and then i never heard this before i'd actually youtube it to make it play for me because i'm like i never heard this part coming up because jiminy didn't sing this but those background people did and i'm like what are they singing This says, fate is kind. She brings to those who love the sweet fulfillment of their secret longing. For one thing, that wasn't even aesthetically pleasing to my ears, listening to that. Well, and then Jiminy picks it up again. Like a bolt out of the blue, fate steps in and sees you through. When you wish upon a star, your dreams come true that's the only hope that people without jesus have some pie in the sky wish upon a star the world is looking at the star and has ignored the savior that the star points to we've been commissioned commissioned to let them know hey woo, hey He's right here. The Savior's right here. You don't have to wish upon a star. The star that directed the wise men to the Savior, the light of heaven that pierced the darkness of this world, still shines bright today, but where does it shine? In your heart. In your heart. As a matter of fact, Colossians 1.27 says, Here's the mystery. This is the secret. Christ in you is the hope of glory. How do people see Jesus? How are people led to the Savior? You. You're that star. You shine the very light of Glory. The Full Life Study Bible defines biblical hope this way. It says, By its very nature, hope concerns the future. However, it involves much more than a mere desire or wish for something in the future. Biblical hope consists of an assurance in the heart, even a firm confidence about future things, because these things are based on God's promises and revelation. In other words, biblical hope is linked inseparably with a firm faith and a confident trust in God. There it is. Hope is not that pie in the sky, wish upon a star feeling. It's confidence. It's that determination I know God is who he says he is, so I can trust that he will do what he says he will do. Hebrews 10.23 says, Let us hold tightly without wavering to what? To the hope we affirm. For God can be trusted to keep his promise. So why do you think God tells us things that will happen in the future? I mean, wouldn't it be easier to go through all these trials and struggles if we didn't know of the promises of peace and palaces? I don't remember how many years ago, but we loaded up our little minivan with five of our six kids and headed to Universal Studios in Florida. I don't know, maybe it was 15 years ago. My goodness, we're old. Anyway, I didn't think it was that long ago. No, because Jacob was with us. So it was like 10 years, nine years ago. Anyway, it would have been a lot easier if I would have just said, shut up and get in. Where are we going? Not telling you. Just shut up and get in. Right? (laughs) Yeah. Because I don't know how many, it felt like thousands and thousands of miles. The kids anticipating Universal Studios and the fun and the rides. And me too. I love roller coaster rides. And so it did. I mean, we had to load up all the technical gear and the headphones and the video screens and, you know, keep them occupied because they would pull that down. How much farther? How much longer? I'm hungry. Is there food going to be there? Sir beds. What else is going to be there? Constantly asking questions and how far and how long and because this this trip is agonizing to. Tyler was our youngest at that time. He was well. I think he was the best one actually. He didn't ask a lot of questions. Just keep the videos going on the little screen in front of him. But it would have been a lot easier if I would have just told him, "Shut up and get in." Where are we going? I'm not telling you. Come on, moms, you know you've all done this at one time. When it was usually around five years old, they start asking you 101 questions within one minute. And you just want to say, because I said so. Where are we going? Wherever I want to take you. Shut up. I know nobody's supposed to say shut up. I say shut up. I don't like it when they say shut up. Anyway, wouldn't it have been easier if God would have just told us this is what I want you to do, just go do it. Then you're going through trials and tribulations, you'll go like, "Hmm, well, I think this is the way it's supposed to be." Right? But why do you get discontented? Why do you why do you start feeling like there's something more because there's something more. He's telling you so that you won't lose heart. He's telling you the promises of peace in the palaces so that when you go through the trials and the suffering and the crap, that you can pick your head up and say, you know, but this is coming. That's called hope. You see, faith starts the fire in your heart. But hope keeps throwing the logs on. It's going to keep you going. That's right. Let me tell you how long our trip would have lasted in that van with five kids if I wouldn't have told them where we were going. They would have been like bailing out. Strap my parachute on, I'm jumping out. I would have jumped out if I didn't know where I was going. Hope keeps you believing. Believing. It keeps you energized. I can go through this trial. The trial is not the end. Actually, my daughter-in-law gave me this little saying and put it in this beautiful frame, and I set it, you know, on my desk. I think right now it's on the wall. Anyway, it says something like, I wish I could remember, it says something like if, um, something about how if it's not not good, if things aren't going good, it's not the end, or something like. Anyway, it just, reminds me that there is an end, and the end is better than what you might be facing. That's what keeps you believing. That's what keeps you going. That's the hope. That keeps throwing logs on that fire. Remember, faith concentrates on the truths of God. Hope looks to the promises of God. God is faithful, God is loving, God is merciful, God is powerful, God is, God is, and because God is, I can believe God will. Here's the application. For this year, the reason that we're doing this Christmas series is so that when every time you gather around the tree, wherever you go for Christmas, that you will be able to sprinkle in your conversation these topics. And really be able to celebrate Christ in your Christmas. So when you gather around the Christmas tree with family and friends, take a moment and explain why the star on top of the tree is so important. Explain how the star symbolizes hope. And what the birth of a Savior means to you. And for them. John 1, we read it earlier remember he said he came into the very world he created but the world didn't recognize him he came to his own people and they rejected him but to all who believe in him and accept him he gives the right to become children of god so the word became human and made his home among us he was called emmanuel god 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 with us God is full of unfailing love and faithfulness. So as we get ready to close, let me ask you, Christians, let me just ask you first. How's your level of hope? Are you fully convinced that God is able to do whatever he promised? Has God given you a promise and you feel like you're lacking and hope to see it come, to pass. You haven't even thought about that promise in quite a while. You put it on the shelf. I don't know who this is for. You've put it on the shelf like a little plaque that maybe I missed it. You've been waiting a long time and you haven't received the promise. Bill Johnson said this in a podcast I listened to a while ago and I wrote it down. He said, remember, God sees outside of your time. He sees the answer to your problem as already being accomplished. So when he gives you a promise, he's he's connecting us to what he has already purposed to do when he gives us a promise he's just connecting us to what he has already purposed to do abraham 100 years old see when god gave him that promise he already seen him as the father of many nations when he was given Joseph those dreams of people bowing before him, his whole family bowing before him, where was he at that time? Where did he go before getting there? Joseph was sold into slavery. He was thrown into prison before he ever made it to the palace. David ran for his stinking life. God called him as king, anointed him as king. And yet he ran for his life in hidden caves before the promise was realized. We are not equipped to handle and understand how God works. He can see the past, present, and the future all laid out at once like some big 3D picture. <laughs> when we look at life, we look at it like one of those graphics, I think they're called stereo, stereograms, where it actually looks like somebody puked up on their computer, but if you stare at it long enough, this image pops out at you. I still don't believe it because I've never seen anything <laughs> through it. But when we look at our life, that's what we see. Is, it looks like puke. It's a mess. But God can see the past, the present, and the future all at once. So when he gives you a promise, when he speaks something to you, he already sees it fulfilled. Abraham kept believing. Even when there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept hoping. And because he wouldn't give up, it was credited to his account as righteousness. Abraham, you are in right standing with me. Abraham, you are standing right with me, God said. Because you not only believe who I am, you believe and trust and have full confidence in what I say will happen. Did God do what he promised Abraham he would do? Yes. Did it happen when Abraham thought it would happen? No. I've been saved many, many years. And I have yet to have a promise fulfilled in my time frame. Let me just say this. Don't let your time limits put limits on God. And that's a good word, and I could drop the microphone right now. I could have led with that and and left with that. Don't let your time limits put limits on God. If he spoke it, he meant it, and he'll do it. Do you believe it? Have you received a promise from God that you are beginning to lose hope for? Ask you just raise your hand right now. I just want to see has God spoke a word, a promise to you, and you haven't seen it yet. Yep. Yep. Let's just be honest. How many are starting to lose hope for that promise to be fulfilled in your lifetime? Mm. I didn't say it wouldn't happen. I didn't say. You have to be honest with yourself. <laughs> Let me just say this. Sorry, that little cup tipped over in there. That bugged me. I've raised six children. A few that are making some very f- poor choices. Spiritually, I'm not supposed to lose hope, right? 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 Mother, physically, I lose hope at times. Let's just be honest. And when I get on the phone with them and I'm trying to say all the nice things and love you, and it comes out at times. And I want to go down there and slap them across the face, straighten up. Do you want to die and go to hell? No, I don't want you to die and go to hell. Hurry up. What are you doing? So there's nothing wrong with saying, I'm starting to lose hope. There is nothing wrong with saying that. As a matter of fact, there's something more wrong with pretending that you don't feel that way. Because if you can't be honest before God, how's he going to fix it? How's he going to fill you? If you just sit in your, your seat and just pretend like everything's rosy all the time, Now, there's a difference in reality and what you feel and being honest with what you feel. You think you're going to shock God by telling him what you feel? Right. But if, and I have to look at it like a mother, if if I have a child who's hurting inside because he feels like I'm withholding something good from him, if he don't come to me and say, Mom. I'd really like one of those cookies you made last night, but I don't feel like I deserve a cookie that you made last night because I did blah, 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 and you had to punish me earlier. Can I still have a cookie? Is there something wrong with him asking that? No. As a matter of fact, it's more wrong for him to sit on his bed in his punishment and think that he doesn't deserve the cookie So when you start to feel like, God, you spoke this promise 10 years ago. God, your word says that if I train up a child in the way that they go, that they'll not depart. Why are they so far away, so long? God, I need them back. I don't want something to happen to them before they come back. I'm losing hope, God. Can you just fill my heart again? Instill within me that hope again for them. There's nothing wrong with it. He can't fill it if you don't tell him you have a need for it. So let me ask you again. Have you received a promise that you're starting to lose hope for? there and think about that. Christians, just sit there and think about that for a minute. Let me ask you that are not yet believers or the ones that were once a believer. Maybe you're sitting here today and you've been following the star but haven't found the Savior. You might have even considered yourself hopeless. Remember, we read in Romans 4 earlier that it was recorded Abraham's The thing that happened to Abraham was recorded for us, for our benefit too. That even after a hundred years old, God was still going to be faithful to that promise. Assuring us that God will also count us as righteous if we believe in him, the one who raised Jesus, our Lord, from the dead. And he was handed over to die because of our sins And he was raised to life to make us right with God. There's only one big enough, one strong enough, one faithful enough, one full of mercy, one full of unfailing love. There's only one who can forgive us of our past and give us a perfect future. That's the one you can trust and put all your hope in. Hebrews 6.19 says, This hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for your souls. This hope. If you read it in context, the verses before that says, God also bound himself with an oath. So that those who received the promise could be perfectly sure that he would never change his mind. So God has given both his promise and his oath. These two things are unchangeable because it is impossible for God to lie. Therefore, we who have fled to him for refuge can have great confidence as we hold to the hope that lies before us. Now verse 19 that we quote all the time. And this hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. You can be grounded, secure in any storm by placing your hope in God and today's your day. Today's your day to do that. Just with your heads bowed a second, I just want to respect the privacy, uh, those who say, Brenda, this is it. Today's the day. I need to make Jesus Christ my Lord and Savior for the first time. Or maybe you need to make a recommitment to Him. I'm coming back. I don't want to keep chasing after a wishing star, a pie in the sky type idea, but I want to come back to the Savior that the star points to. Just raise your hand. Let me see. I want to pray for you. I see your hand. Yeah, I see it. Today is my day. Remember, your relationship with Jesus doesn't stop at a prayer. It begins with a prayer. It begins with a commitment. It isn't fulfilled in a prayer. It's when you follow the Savior. Hold tight for a second. I just want to make sure that we're doing what God wants us to do right now before we go any farther. God, we just focus on you. hmm I want to pray for those that have had a disconnection between their faith and their hope. That I believe God is who he says he is. I believe, I believe, I believe. I know, I know, I know God is who he says he is. I have a hard time Believing God will do all he says he will do. And I feel bad even saying that out loud. I don't know how many of you that that affects that setting here. Let me just pray. Father, you know our hearts. We tend to say that when we just want to shrug our shoulders at Whatever we're doing wrong, and oh well, you know our hearts. God, your word also says that holy, a holy fear, a holy fear is what we need. It's the beginning of wisdom, a holy fear that you're just as much just as you are loving. You're a just judge, and we will all stand before you, oh God, and give an account for what we've done, what we do, and what we haven't done. And God, we won't be able to just shrug our shoulders at that time. So God, wherever the enemy has placed a lie of deception or... uh, whatever, a, a misbelief, Lord, in that disconnection that that's happening between our, our faith and who you are and the hope of what you say and what you've promised that you'll do. You, we will stand before you and give an account. God, I pray that the light of truth will shine deeply in our hearts and pierce those dark places that we've set up in our lives that have disillusioned us into thinking that it's okay to pick and choose like a buffet from your word. Expose those areas in our lives and let truth reign in our minds and our hearts and our spirit. God, help us to walk out the light. Help us as stars point the light, your glory back to you to lead others to you. There be no darkness found in us. God, search our hearts and know point out, is there any wickedness in there? And God, we lay it at your feet right now. As we get ready to close, Amy, if you can just come back up. I want to close by just spending some time at the altar. I want those who raised your hand and said, I'm beginning to lose hope to come get prayed for by the prayer team. Prayer team, can you come up here? I think this is important. That we don't leave today until you have been instilled with a fresh impartation of hope again in your heart. So whether you can do it sitting in your seat, or you need to stand up, or you need to come up. But if you have lift, lifted up your hand and said, I'm starting to lose hope for whatever the promises, of the word that God gave you, come up and get prayed for right now. And the rest of us, maybe you didn't raise your hand. You just need to spend some time getting that fresh impartation of hope before you leave today. It's just reach out to God. If you made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior today if you recommitted your life today also don't leave today without telling somebody and we have a little book that um, is up here at the altar that will help you in your walk Father we just God we just seek your face right now for the next few minutes God we just plug into you faith is strong but sometimes God our our hope starts to dwindle and we know it's wrong but God we're being honest before you we're laying our hearts before you at the altar and we're trusting you with our heart we're trusting you with our hope and we're asking for a fresh impartation of hope again Fill us up, God. Fill us up, God. Fill us up, God. Holy Spirit, fill us. Fill us, fill us, fill us. Jesus, we want to shine with your glory to help lead men to you. Time and be honest with God today. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Your word says that you understand all our weaknesses.